0: This very special edition of the Sports Pro Podcast. I am your host for this week, Tom Basson, the news editor here at Sports Pro. Although you won't be hearing from me too much during this episode, as we'll be cutting over to an exclusive session from our Sports Pro Live event back in April. Let me just tee that up a little bit for you, though. Obviously, this week sees the start of the new Premier League season, and we thought we'd mark that by giving you access to a really, really interesting session from Sports Pro Live, actually. It features uh, Alexandra Willis the Director of Digital Media and Audience Development at the Premier League. She's in conversation with Delta Trace, Pete Burns, and they're talking all about the business of fantasy Premier League. Now, fantasy football, fantasy sports, something that is used so broadly across the industry as a way of engaging young fans, bringing people into that marketing funnel. And in this session, Alexandra talks all about how the Premier League, one of the biggest sports properties when it comes to fantasy, thinks about it and approaches it and what it means for the business. It's a really, really interesting session. But before I cut over to that, let me just tell you all about our new Premier League commercial guide that was launched this week. It's absolutely stacked with data and all of the kind of key commercial information that you need to know about the new Premier League season. It's available for Sports Pro Plus subscribers. But for anyone that is not yet a Sports Pro Plus subscriber, you can sign up now with the code EPL23 to get your first month for free and get access to that commercial guide. So I'd encourage you to do that now. Rather than hear any more from me, I'll let you hear from
1: Alexandra and Pete. Good morning. I know we're talking about fan engagement today, but I'm going to start with a bit of audience engagement, if that's okay. I'd like to start with a show of hands. Has anyone here heard of Fantasy Premier League before? That is great. That's a good starter. Can you put your hands up if you've ever built a fantasy team? And keep your hands up if you've kept that team going for more than three weeks of the season. Okay. We've got a pretty good audience here this morning, Alex. I think we'll be okay. Before we kick off, we've got a, a little video just to to introduce, so let's roll that before we start. some incredible numbers on the screen there and if you could just give everyone a bit of a, a an introduction to the to the product.
2: Thanks Pete and good morning everyone. Thank you so much for making the time to be here. Hopefully that video gave you a little bit of an insight into Fantasy Premier League this season. I'm I'm sure I don't need to tell you, Fantasy Premier League is the biggest fantasy football game um, there is in in the world. It's actually 20 years old this year uh, and we've got 11.4 million people playing the game. And I can see Chris from our team who is responsible for a lot of the brilliant work that has been done. What is so lovely about fancy Premier League is that it appeals to complete Luddites like me, who don't know what they're doing, but also to experts and the ability to meet people based on their level of their fandom and their level of affinity, whether they've been introduced to it by a friend or by a colleague or by their family – And that's the thing that we think makes it really powerful is that ability to bring people in for all sorts of different reasons in all sorts of different ways.
1: For those of you that are playing, you might notice that the fancy Premier League is as finely poised as the Premier League table at this stage of the season. There's only 18 points between the top three. I wonder if you could just talk to us a little bit about where that audience for the product comes from.
2: Yes, while Premier League is obviously proudly staged here in the UK, the global reach of fancy Premier League is, is something that we think is is really interesting because it demonstrates that point that star players bring people in. So if you think about Egypt and Nigeria, but also the US and the growing love for football in the US and the fandom over there, and then you know all of the other countries that that you can see on on the screen.
1: And for those status, I think the uh, the current leader is from Croatia with others from Azerbaijan and Saudi Arabia in the top three. So a real geographical spread of those fans. I think on your, one of your slides just before there, it talks about the depth of fan engagement that this product brings. And we think at DelTrader, that's a really interesting point, whether you're talking about any particular touchpoint, fantasy, ticketing, your linear broadcast. I wonder if you could just share a little bit about how the role of the product in fantasy kind of bubbles up into the wider Premier League business strategy? Because I think that's really important, right? Having an engagement product, it has to have a a responsibility and a role into the the broader business strategy.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's really easy to get lost in creating a brilliant game. And it is a great game and we can tweak away at it and add all sorts of new features. But fundamentally, what it's designed to represent is the ability for the Premier League to be what, what we believe is a broader marketing and promotional vehicle for the Premier League as a whole. And create things that, that are going to bring new people into the competition. They're going to allow them to develop an affinity that then allows them to go on to do something else. And even though many people in the room maybe don't make it all the way to the end of the season, that's okay because often Fantasy Premier League is the first touchpoint into engaging with us directly And people then go on to be immersed in our Matchday Live experience or watching content, or most importantly, they develop an affinity with a particular club and we're able to direct them and support them in that journey as they develop and broaden their fandom. So... It's become one of the most important pillars of our digital media strategy because it is able to do that. And of the 11.4 million people who are playing Fantasy Premier League, 9 million of those people then opted in to hear more about a club. And we're then able to, to sort of demonstrate that level of value back to the business.
1: That's really, really powerful that it has that role as a direct to fan platform. But I imagine it also has a role to support your partners, your stakeholders. You mentioned the clubs there and building that avidity for a particular team I wonder if you could just talk a bit more about how you work with those shareholders and stakeholders
2: yeah and and I think one of the other points that I should have mentioned just then but it leads nicely on is that what hopefully people feel is part of a community and that community is so much broader than just having a single root in or a single appreciation for something and I think that's very symptomatic of who we are as consumers today, that we have the opportunity to engage in so many different things and in so many different ways. And what we're hopefully doing is giving people a place to be part of that community. And what's brilliant is that the community sort of responds, not only our official partners that we work with, but the broader media industry and the fact that they now create content around this conversation, this sort of talking point of fantasy Premier League. But talking specifically about Sky Sports, who, as I'm sure you know, are our partner in in the UK, one of our media partners in the UK, we started collaborating more proactively with them on Fantasy Premier League this season. So we supply them with feeds from the game that allows them to create custom graphics. They then develop their own set of experts. They create a whole range of programming around the competition, which allows them to do that brilliant thing of bridging the gap between their match build-up but it also allows them to talk about the Premier League more holistically than just individual matches. I'm sure everyone is thinking about only one match that's taking place this evening, but there are matches going on all of the time and to be able to bring that more holistic view is something that they've been appreciative of and it's something that we really want to try and expand and grow and adapt our approach for different media partners in different territories.
1: And I think that really shows, right, that this is about kind of providing an addition to what your partners bring in particular territories as opposed to competing or conflicting. It's it's additive to the fan experience, right?
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, there's a lot of debate around who owns the fan. And the answer is, well, everybody does. And our role as, as a league and as a competition is to support our media partners in maximising the value of their rights with products such as Fantasy Premier League, being able to create those different methods and mechanics of engagement but also the sort of anticipation that it builds ahead of match weekend, the fact that it then encourages a fan to pay attention to all the matches taking place over the weekend and drive tune in to to their coverage.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really interesting, right, that the product of fantasy is supporting those wider revenue streams, right? whether it is tune in for an audience or whether it is, um, I guess, I think the next slide, right, is about how you work with particular clubs and actually then building that avidity into a particular pathway for a team
2: i mentioned the sort of central you know return on investment is our ability to bring people into our ecosystem and then bring them into the club ecosystems but one of the interesting things um and to give a bit of a shout out to manchester city here is that they've taken a very similar approach to sky and that they've not just thought about you know fans as as data records but they've leveraged the narrative and the content so you know anyone that is prioritizing manchester city players in their team And I think we all know that you did well if you put Haaland as your captain for the first few weeks of the season. They've got a dedicated fantasy Premier League show that they produce themselves. They've built their own community. They've tied it into their membership program for their citizens. And you can see some of the other examples of, of the things that we do. And ideally, we would love every club to be able to sort of broaden the appeal of the game and create their own depth of engagement with their own fans around fantasy Premier League.
1: Absolutely. We we talk about that balance, right? And you touched on it a moment ago with people like your media partners, but that's a really important element, isn't it? That community within the game itself, but also the broader fan community globally. I wonder if you could just talk a bit more about that, about how that's that's grown and how that works.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, fandom is much more complicated than it was 30 years ago. And I don't know if any of you have read the sort of thesis on fluid fans compared to fixed fans but when you think about people around you and your ability to pay attention to an NBA team and an NFL team and you have your Premier League team and you might have your European team um, and you also might have your domestic team that you care about you know whether you're in the UK or you're in India and we know that they care a lot about their domestic teams and so trying to sort of helicopter up from our natural biases towards you're this fan or you're that fan and actually trying to appreciate people's affinity what's brought them into the premier league or whatever they might be engaging with is so much more complicated than maybe we give people credit for and it's not fair to put them in a box and say well you behave in this way therefore we're only going to serve you this and one of the brilliant things about where we are today in the industry is that technology is starting to enable us to meet those fans based on their own sort of complicated affinities and behaviours. So it's a very long-winded way of saying that we're trying to think about fandom based on how often people engage. We're trying to think about them based on how mature they are in their engagement with the Premier League. So there are lots of people um, who only started following the Premier League this season. Um, we're trying to think about them based on what their primary motivation for following is and that can be a combination of things. It can be that they follow a club, it can be that they follow certain players, it can be that they actually just follow the league because it's big and it's successful and they've heard about it. It could be because it means something to them from a personal perspective, family and friends or it could be you know, very much part of their culture. And then I guess the sort of final pillar is thinking about people's behavior and how they consume, and you know unsurprisingly, the number one way to consume this product is is to watch it. So how are we making sure that we're enabling people to watch it in all the different ways that they want to and providing them access to the you know the great behind the scenes content that Manchester United are creating and Dave from Manchester United is in front of me, that's why I said that. Or Nottingham Forest or or someone else, but also, you know, what Sky have done or what NBC might have done. So it's, I'd say it's early in being able to realise that vision. But I think, again, this this product and its ability to bring in people for so many different reasons is a, a step in in that direction.
1: We were talking earlier and I mentioned a, a conversation. There isn't a silver bullet in this industry, right, in terms of, nailing fan engagement and it really solving business challenges but it's clear here that this is a core part of the proposition sort of more broadly and it's also clear that this has taken time right you mentioned this is a 20 year old product it's obviously matured into what is today quite a multifaceted proposition where you have the direct gamification from playing the game itself, but you have the community that's now built up and broadened. There is the the content proposition, whether it's, you know, coming from the, the teams or from the clubs. Is this a, a wider uh, industry trend in terms of identifying that core product and then building out from that product when you have that relationship with the fan? Do you see that from your conversations?
2: Yeah, I would agree that there's no sort of right answer for everybody. It's about working out what is the right vehicle that, you know, will work for you. In my former life, in tennis, working for a single annual event, we debated having a fantasy product often, and we tried it once, as Mick will remember. And the reality is that for a two-week event where you've got very limited ability to bring people in and then very limited ability to deliver for them, it just wasn't necessarily going to work. So we had to try different things. But in a season-long environment where you've got lots of time to cultivate people and then nurture them through their journey... It makes a lot more sense, but I think the sort of summary point would be that there is plenty of room amidst the different types of content and digital experiences and digital products for sports properties to create something that enables people to come in and is, is very accessible, but also enables that level of, of depth and repeat behavior, which is ultimately what drives you know fandom that lasts forever. And that's, I think, what we've what we've tried to create. But we also know that there's a lot more we can do to it. We have another format of the game called Fantasy Premier League Draft, which is sort of targeted for American fans and does very well for them. And there is a new format coming. So watch this space for the start of the next season. And I think the other thing about having these types of things is your ability to try things and to test them in a way that is maybe less sort of highly charged than than some of the other bits of what we have to do
1: and we've touched a few times already but the way that this product can enable you to promote or to drive audience attribution back to other areas i wonder if you could just talk about i mean i know it's gonna be a very busy summer for the premier league we saw kind of the us is a market that's obviously quite important i wonder if you could just talk a bit more about that as well
2: Yes, thank you, Pete. Another great plug for you all. Uh, today, uh, the tickets are on sale for the Premier League Summer Series, uh, which may be less relevant unless you're planning a trip to the US in the summer, but you'd be very welcome. The Premier League's taking six clubs over, playing nine matches across a week in late July. And that's another example of trying to understand what resonates with fans in that market. And one of the things that's bubbled up from them is that they crave physical proximity to the product over here. So we, there are lots of ways that we can help them feel closer. We can do that through storytelling. Our broadcasters can do that through their coverage. The clubs do a brilliant job of making people feel like they're in the stadium. But there is no substitute for seeing the real thing up close. And while the Premier League's in the US, some of the other clubs are also in the US. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see the sort of reaction and response. One of the other things that's interesting is that it's proven that same point that people's affinity is is multi-layered. So I think over 60% of the people that registered for tickets follow multiple clubs. Of that 60% of people, 80% have a favourite club. So it's not that they're saying, I'm just going to be a generalist. They have a passion, but they want to keep an eye on lots of things. And then where we think there is this growth opportunity, again, for us to be this broader marketing vehicle is 22 percent of people don't yet follow a club and that's our growth opportunity and and that's really exciting so yeah premier league summer series some new partnerships you may have seen so rare as an example of testing out different things to try and bring people in the relaunch of eafc i think is very exciting alongside you know the season and next season
1: and we know products don't sit still we know uh audiences will will continually sort of crave for what's next and how does this product evolve whether that's directly within the product or whether it's in that broader kind of ecosystem have you got anything you can share with us in terms of how this product's going to evolve
2: yeah. So I mentioned, um, that the new format that we're launching for next season, which is very exciting. Even for this season, the game went underwent a, a, a rebrand. We launched the second chance league, which allowed people to come in again and almost have a, a sort of free restart, which was very popular and something that we'll probably look to repeat. There's lots of feedback from the community all of the time of, of small things that can be, you know, improved and enhanced and. Ensuring that it fits naturally as part of that match week window. So you're in your sort of build up, prepare, get excited phase, and you're picking your teams. But then how is it acting as a complement to the live coverage? I think is something else uh, to, to be explored. But always lots to do. And yeah, we're certainly building from a position of strength, which is great.
1: That's awesome. So we've just got a few minutes left. So I wonder if we could bring up Slido and we can uh, maybe pick off one or two of the questions. Let's maybe start with the the bottom question. Do you think it's true that younger fans follow star players rather than teams?
2: I don't think the answer's binary. I don't think it's entirely true. I think star players can play a significant role in bringing somebody in, and certainly some research that we've done in the US and India and China, given the cult of celebrity and the cult of personality that exists in those markets. But one of the things that's fascinating is when you know, a big player is signed to a team and this sort of avalanche of fans follows them in is what the club and the league can then do to embed those fans in the heritage and the culture and the differentiators of that club. And I think it is it's the same sort of point that just because, you know, you don't like lop off half of your brain when you stop being interested in something, you retain interest in it. And that's our sort of ability to to capitalise on it. But Certainly players are a tremendous asset and making sure that we use their time really effectively to grab onto those kernels of interest is important.
1: That middle question there, intrigued to know what fancy Premier League's role will be in supporting Premier League strategic goals over the next few years. Is there a, we've talked about this, right, in terms of that boiling back up into the broader business strategy. Is it to support that kind of marketing and global brand of the Premier League or is there a primary Focus in terms of supporting that kind of revenue growth through the slightly more traditional revenue streams that the league has today?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that it's a free to play game is a really fundamental principle and something that we would want to protect. And, you know, as I mentioned, the value really comes from our ability to engage fans, learn more about them, and then use that learning and understanding to support our existing business model. But I think it would reiterate the same point that. It's an example of the league being able to be this sort of central vehicle that is helping create value for the clubs and for the broadcasters. And that's something that we believe we can do more of. So I think that's probably the longer term trajectory rather than any sort of direct monetization.
1: Last question, I think, here just to take that that second one, but just from a slightly different angle, you don't necessarily need to share about what the league does with its first party data, I wouldn't expect in this room. But... We've not touched on the kind of direct commercial partners of the league, of which the league has a a handful of them. I wonder if there's a, is is there an element of fantasy to support that kind of core partners group that exists today?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone in this room needs to um, be told about the importance of knowing your audience and knowing your customer and being able to understand the different motivators and drivers behind fandom in the Premier League creates a very compelling business case that then supports the commercial team to develop those brand partnerships. Where I think it can go a level further, which you know we've had various conversations, is actually the value that the brand might be bringing. So let's take Nike, for example. How can we leverage Nike's, you know, brilliance at storytelling and their various products and actually create some sort of connectivity between, you know, fantasy Premier League. So not as simple as you win the new match ball, but actually if you win fantasy Premier League, do you get the opportunity to personalize the new match ball or I'm making this up, so don't write it down. Um (laughs) Those are the types of things that I think create more of a sense of partnership and it being a vehicle for partnership rather than it's this standalone product.
1: And importantly, brings value to the fans. Correct. Cool. Well, look, I think we're, we're just out of time. So I'd like to thank you all for joining us. Thank you for your questions and um, hopefully see you soon.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Fascinating stuff for all of your Premier League new season needs. Sports Pro Media is your place to go. Uh, we've got coverage every day of various different elements of the, of the new season across the site. So I encourage you to check that out. And I'll be back with our preview show on Thursday. Thank you very much.